Friday to me because I'm still getting my bearings back, being in from Vegas, where uh, I was supposed to be joined by Spencer Perlman, but Spencer, you had the misfortune of getting on a plane that decided to sit on the runway for, uh, what was it, five hours and not take off? Yeah, yeah, it was not fun. And like, I'm a pretty big guy also. I was in the window seat, so I had no room at all. <laughs> um. I was taking off from Florida, I think it was two years ago, and this was when my daughter was still at an age where it's like, you, you don't want to be in any one place with uh, with a, a child that age for more than like 10 minutes, and we were right. on the tarmac for two and a half hours, and then they told us, all right, you got to get off the plane, um, we can't take off. That was fun. Um, yeah. So just be, listen, be happy it was, it was just you, and there was not a small child with you, because it could always be worse. Yeah, I mean, look, I became friends with the people next to me. I was talking to them about actually the stuff that I look look at when I'm scouting because I was watching the net game from the night before. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that was interesting. I'm pretty sure they were, you know, kind of drunk at uh, 12 o'clock in the morning. Or not 12 o'clock, you know, at noon. Um, Listen, there's, so. th- 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 judge. There, there's no judge. Yeah, no, I'm not judging, you know. I, I hope they remember some of it. That would be kind of cool. Um, yeah. So, um, Spencer, I kind of skipped over my usual intro for you. So, Spencer, for anybody who still doesn't know, even though he's been a regular guest on the pod at this point, um, has worked for a WNBA team, has now worked for an NBA team, um, is, um, for my money, one of the better scouting eyes that we have, and I think uh, the greater basketball community is certainly starting to recognize that, and I'm always anticipating when I have you on for a pod, it's going to be the last pod that I have you on, because you're going to be working full-time for an NBA team by the time I get a chance to have you on again. So, I like to take advantage of these situations. Um, you have uh, watched and digested um, all of the Knicks summer league action, um, mm-hmm. after having spent uh, the better part of the last year scouting um a bunch of college guys, but in particular, I know you spent a lot of time scouting RJ and, um, interestingly enough, uh, Iggy Brzezakis. Um, and you also obviously are familiar with the Knicks young pieces who we saw at scouting or, or saw at summer league. So I have some specific questions that I want to go through for each guy, but just generally after the Knicks, and they have one more game that they'll play tomorrow. Um, after we're four games into the Knicks summer league, did anything jump out at you particularly surprising, either good or bad, from what we saw from the Knicks? Uh, let's see. Anything good? Um, I think, well, the team improved definitely from game one to four um, on both ends of the court, I guess. You know, probably more in offense just because defense, the communication issues in transition and the pick and roll were very much there in game four, just as much as they were in game one. Um, can I can I ask you a quick question about that? Because a lot of, yeah. I was struggling, and I don't know that you'll know the answer to this, and I don't know that anybody can know the answer to this. I was struggling after game three, because the, the performance against the Raptors was 
although it improved late and there were some, I think it was a little bit overblown. A lot of people um, were messaging me with like freaking out like, oh, what the hell is the, are the coaches doing? They're not preparing these guys. Is there a chance that like, because it's summer league and, you know, there that there may be like specific things that they um, that they want to work on and they're just like, for instance, not spending any time on transition defense and like communication with that stuff? Or is it just like a failure to execute? Do you, do you, can you shed any light on that? Because I honestly can't. I think the – well, transition defense I don't really think you can fault the coaching staff for. You, you can only, you know, tell the players to talk as many times, you know, as you can before they just finally listen. Um, <laughs> That's a good so like, one for you. Yeah, like two guys going to one man, you know, Judd can say, everyone find your man. But if if Iggy and Mitch are going to the same man and, you know, leaving the corner guy open or if Kevin Knox is going for a bad steal, that's that's not coaching. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Then the, the pick and roll stuff, like, you know, I posted a few clips on how they're, Mitch was yelling at ice and yeah. they're trying to force the ball away from the, the screener and the the point of attack defender is just not doing that. Like, again, you know, you can blame the coaching for maybe if they didn't teach them what ice was, but I have a hard time believing that you make <laughs> it through college, high school, and not learning that. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't um, imagine that that's it. Yeah, like, that's not... I, the offense you can blame on, on the coach, I think. The defense, you can't. And even the offense, you know, these guys have a week and a half, I think, of practice, maybe. Yeah. You, you can't put, you know... A, a 50 page playbook in or however long their playbooks in that time. That's a, that's a great point. Um, so then, so then, okay, I, I cut you off. You were saying you saw improvements defensively and, and offensively. Um, how, uh, in what just getting better with that, that kind of stuff, like reading pick and roll defense and stuff like along those lines. Yeah. On, on a defense, I guess guys were making rotations more. Okay. Um, you know, Amir Hinton, I think, actually in Game 3, I saw him make two basically cross-court rotations that in the few games I saw with him, he was not making. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that was kind of cool to see that improvement. Mitch needs a lot of work with his footwork, and, you know, he needed the same work last year. So now, I guess, was the time to improve that, and I didn't really see much improvement there. But then, you know, RJ, I think RJ's defense actually looked a little bit better in Game 4. Game 3, there was quite possibly the quickest slide. I know this is incredibly particular, but I have not seen him move this quickly laterally through any Duke game I've seen. Um, I'll see if I could actually try to find it and maybe post it on Twitter, but he was like really moving like, you know, Avery Bradley lateral quickness, you know, whoever you want. Um, <laughs> That's a great comment. It was impressive. Is, um, is he going to be, yeah. he should be able to get skinny on screens at some point, right? Is I mean, and I say that I I asked that very particular question specifically because he is a big guy, but like just because you're more physically built up, it doesn't preclude you from being able to, you know, get around these things, right? I don't think so. I mean, Bruce Bowen did it. Jimmy Butler does it. Kawhi Leonard does it. Like those guys are big guys. I think RJ is he's definitely more stiff, and I know next to nothing about about biomechanics aside from maybe a little bit how to like improve your vert, and that's it. Because yeah, me, I mean, you have both. It yeah, um, it's like I don't really know how he can lose the stiffness. Maybe it's as simple as foam rolling, but I mean, a lot of it's just effort and just kind of knowing where the screen is. And when you see the screen trying to beat it earlier, 
you know, sometimes he's taking that first step back. And the second you take that step back, you're going to have to take another step forward. And, you know, the steps a lot further than just going in from a neutral position forward. Is that, um, is that an anticipation yeah. thing? What, what, like, why would he be taking that step back? Do you understand what I'm getting at? It could be a comfort thing too. Uh, Cause okay. you know, that makes sense. instead of going from like a neutral point, like if you're standing completely still, it's harder to explode going forward than if you are, if you have some momentum pushing you that way. Sure. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, but so, but the sliding, that, that's a good sign, right? Yeah. I mean, that was impressive. I'm, after this, I'm definitely going to try to go back and find it because it was cool. <laughs> um, well, the, listen, let's just get right into RJ because I think he's, you know, he's the one everybody was paying the most attention to. Um, do you think – I have two two questions about RJ, one more offense, one more defense. Do you – I'm almost wondering because of what you just talked about in, in terms of his uh, being a little bit more stiff and we – we saw you know guards blow by him um, quite a few times uh, over the course of the summer. Is there a possibility that maybe I'm, I'm not saying this year, maybe not even next year, but because of his ability to rebound really well, um, is there a possibility he plays some four like way down the line, or is that nuts? It's just a random thought that I had watching him on defense over the course of the week. I think so. I mean, like everyone's playing down now, and he's. Six seven two fifteen. He can honestly probably get to like two twenty five and maybe even two thirty, just because he's, you know, he's huge. Like he's he, his frame is awesome. It's ridiculous. Um, so you know, if he does end up getting to that two twenty five range, I can definitely see him guarding some of the, you know, maybe not full on fours like Anthony Davis, but some. Yeah, of the no, I'm 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 talking about like selectively for like yeah. you know in you know ten minute spurts in a game here or there. I just wonder because it you know based on what we've what we saw the last week, it seems like if anything, which and you know we could debate the merits of this, um, they're gonna they're gonna push him to maybe play a little one at times, mm-hmm. or maybe they were just experimenting with that. I don't know, but um, you know I, I I don't know. It was just a random. I, Random thought I had. The bigger question that I have with RJ is this. His fr- his first step on offense, is there – it looks to me, it looks a little slow right now. Is is that what, – what struck you about his first step on offense, if anything? Yeah, I'd, I'd never really been a fan of his first step. Okay. Um, just like going back to Duke, I always thought he was more of a power guard than someone who can actually – just kind of blow right by you and I'm trying to pull up exactly what I said in my scouting reports but I'm pretty sure I said the uh the same thing there he's he's physical and you know if he ends up kind of cutting you know instead of going wide around the defender if he's able to just kind of put that foot forward and you know maybe if he's attacking right he'll use his left shoulder a little bit to kind of push him off um okay I can see him getting the step on people but you know, one of the reasons why I actually thought his best or a good way to, you know, remove some of the not so great athletic uh, abilities he's had, he what he has would be actually to play him off the ball to get him going downhill easier. That's really, hmm. Would would it work? I wonder if we could see him maybe functioning even. At, I don't. I don't know if he did a whole lot of this at Duke, but maybe functioning as the screener. And then get him in like, 
I, I mean, it's maybe it sounds a little ridiculous, but get him in like short roll situations where, or or, or full on roll situations where you know obviously you're letting him de- decide that. I mean, he's certainly mm-hmm. big enough to set screens. Yeah. I mean, he can probably set good screens. Too. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> physical ones, yeah. See, it's like for as much as I get down about some of the stuff that we see, like the lack of a of burst on that first step, just like even talking this out about all the different ways that you could use the guy. And he's not, you know, he's a smart player. I think that much we, I, I mean, I, I think so, at least we, we've seen, um, encourages me. I'm like, I'm trying to basically think about ways that we could try to make him into the poor man, James Harden. And I'm not comparing him to Harden. Don't for a second think that. But like... With his ability to draw fouls, if and and um, one of the questions that we got from someone uh, was, can you compare and contrast RJ's jumper at Duke to how it looked in summer league? And we were talking before we started recording that you said that the hitch looked like it went away a little bit and the footwork's a little bit better. Yeah, it looks a little bit smoother uh, on the release, and I mean, you know, it's hard to tell not seeing it live and. Know, pretty up close, but it also kind of looks like he's not blocking his line of sight as much. Which is um, great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can see the rim, that should very <laughs> help your percentages. So, I mean, uh, if, if, in, if you know, a year or two down the line, you could get him up to like 30, you know, 6, 7, 8, and I understand like how many how many step backs and how many off the dribble uh, threes he takes obviously factor into what those percentages are going to be. But just assuming he could become an above average um, three-point shooter on volume, which I think there's some you know, everybody seems to be hopeful for, and the mm-hmm. ability to draw fouls. If he could just get get moving and get whether it's through his size or whether it's through being off the ball initially or whatever, um, I you know I just want to see him. Try. I feel like that's the optimal outcome for him. Right? Is just ten threes a game, ten foul shots a game. Do you? How do you feel about that? Um. Well, I guess we'll break it down to two things. The 10 threes a game, I don't really, I guess, see happening. Maybe not 10, like, but I don't know. Yeah, I could see like six maybe. Okay, um, that's fair. Yeah, six. I mean, look, if he hits six, if he takes six threes a game, and if he's making them at 30, you know, 35%, just about league average, I think the league average was 36 last year. It was, I looked awesome. a couple times, it was like between 35 and 36, yeah. Okay, so like if he can hit league average on five to six attempts a game, that's going to open up so much. And then going to the free throws in college, he actually didn't draw that many fouls. Like he drew fouls, but relative to his field goal, so his like free throw rate was actually on the low side. Um, that was I think it was was it game three or game four though he took ten free throws. Um, game four he took ten. Uh, as as um, Dan Dakich Harp- was uh, harping on throughout the broadcast. Yeah, that was um, pretty funny. Yeah, like. It's different in the NBA because you know you can flop a little bit more, and you know it's it's also it's also different in college because you know you can use your strength a little bit more, so maybe you're not going to get as many calls. Um, but I mean, ten free throws is probably hard. I, I'd probably aim for five to six three point attempts and maybe eight free throws a game. Okay, um, I think that's I mean that's more than fair. Yeah, but that's you know that's eight ten free throws. It's Close enough. <laughs> um, okay. Any any other general impressions about RJ before we move on? Uh, he recognizes mismatches well. Okay, that was something that improved me. Like he and Knox actually, I posted a video of the last two games. There was probably twelve or so mismatches that they both of them combined. They either 
They found Mitch on the inside. RJ was finding Knox on the inside. Knox was taking a big, big man off the dribble from the top of the key. I think RJ did it a couple times. Um, you know, the fact that RJ is doing that now, that's great. But Knox, you know, last year he really wasn't doing that from at least what I saw, especially passing the ball. So that was a pretty big step forward he took. Um, and then, you know, the RJ, the passing from the top of the key and when he's not outside the paint, it's, it's good. It's very good. I still want to see him improve a little bit more when, when the defense collapses, and some of that's the lack of space, and you know who knows how that's going to, um, you know, progress with Mitch down there, and I mean Randall probably crashing also. But if you, in theory, give him more space, maybe the passing does improve a little bit more. Well, so you know we always hear in the NBA about uh, the dunker spot, you know, the spot underneath the basket, and that's. If you you could still have somewhat a ball handler kind of maneuvering in that area with only one you know with only one other guy that that is a non shooter on the floor because then that's just another outlet for them right I mean and we saw a couple lob attempts from RJ to um, to Mitch I think over the course of the four games so yeah but I agree with you RJ Randall and Mitch that seems that that feels a little tight. For me, yeah, it's going um, to be interesting to see what Fizdale does offense on yeah. offense because I think Randall actually he was like 70th percentile on catch and shoot threes, but but nobody I mean, guarded him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure a huge chunk of those were open. Um, well, it you know not that um, we have to spend a long time on this guy, but part of part of the reason I'm and again, God help Fizdale uh, for having to dole out the minutes this year. I I, I mean. I, 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 I don't even I, I can't even say anything about it because like what do you say? Um I I tried to write about it in the newsletter this morning and I just was like, yeah, I I, I give up. Um but part of the reason I'm excited about the Marcus Morris signing is because I think he, he does warrant um actually, you know, someone guarding him on the perimeter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking actually about something I think you said it to me last time we were on um or maybe it was someone else, and if it's not you, I apologize. But, like, God, I know he's not going to come off the bench, but, like, the idea of Randall being a six-man who plays, like, 30 minutes a game, just in terms of how I could see the configurations working out with this team, wouldn't I, that? I almost think that would work better, but it, it's not going to happen, so I don't even think we should waste time talking about it. But do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, I mean, you could also just start him and give him like the Dante Jones start playing uh, and put him on the bench, but give him legit bench minutes. Who was the other guy that got that always got the the uh, uh, the memorial? You know, two two three minutes. Uh, I think he used to play for the Raptors. I'm I'm forgetting the name. Like several several years ago, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Maybe we'll see, but um, no. Back to just to, to finish up the point um, on RJ. I I wonder if maybe they were just kind of telling. Do you think they were just telling him like get yours or does it, no? They they're probably just telling him to go out and make the right play. So he needs to go. Yeah, out I think and, it was a little bit of both. I mean, yeah. he's always been the guy, so I think it was him kind of taking on that role. But I'm sure the coaching staff like they wanted to see what he could do, and I'm pretty sure they gave him close to free reign. Also, sure. Um, you talked about Knox. Let's transition to him because I. 
it's probably a tie for me between uh, Iggy and Knox, between the guy that I came away from Summer League most excited about. And I... So I'll preface this by saying that sometimes you see a guy come out in Summer League and it's like, there's always like two or three guys where it's like, oh, wow, this this person doesn't need to doesn't need to be wasting their time with this. Like John Collins last year, um, I think Lonnie Walker to a certain extent this year. Um, trying to think who else this year really, really jumped out as like, yeah, you shouldn't be wasting your time with this nonsense. Um, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown was good. Um, yeah. Yeah, Bruce Brown was damn good. You're right. That's a good call. Um, Knox wasn't to that level, um, but it, there were moments I think where you were like, "Oh wow, okay." He he could kind of get his whenever he wants. The thing that I noticed, and I'm curious what you think about it, is my indelible image of Knox last year was always him driving and like not even halfway to the basket and you're like oh man there's going to be some ugliness coming here and yeah. sure enough it was um with no looking to the corners no it was just like i'm going to the basket i don't know what's going to happen when i get there but it's going to be funny and i felt like i didn't see um honestly I, I i don't know that i really saw any of that and instead he was looking for the contact he was inviting the contact I lost count of how many fouls he drew over the course of the last two games, but it, it felt like a lot, and I know he got to the line a fair bit. Were you impressed with how he was when he actually got to the basket and was, was near the rim on those drives? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've actually posted this two days ago or yesterday. Um, let, me, let me pull this up. But uh, last summer league, uh, he had – through four games, where is it? There we go. Through four games last year, twenty-eight free throws. Sorry, twenty-six free throws on seventy-seven field goal attempts. Okay. This year, twenty-eight free throws on forty-nine field goal attempts. Ooh. Yeah, That's I mean, nice. and and it's cool because it's beyond. You know, he's not flopping either. He's he's trying to actually dislodge guys at the rim, and even though he still might go for a weird floater, the fact that he's being that much more physical is great to see. Where is is that a increased strength thing, or is that an, just an awareness thing, or or is it a little bit of both? I guess. I'm sure it's a strength thing. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit of awareness too, but I think it's also just being more comfortable. You know, last year he was 18, 19 years old. Now he's 19, knowing that you know I've been in a year for I've been in the league for a year already. I know the physicality that it takes time to you know put my foot down and be physical. Yeah, um, I something that I couldn't get a read on um, throughout the week, maybe just because I wasn't looking at it or maybe because there were no really glaring, um, terrible plays that stuck out. And maybe this is the answer to my question. But defensively, could you? Would it, did you see anything from Knox, good or bad, one way or the other this week? Uh, I mean, nothing really popped i guess on defense the only time that i actually threw my hands up was one two times one he went for a bad transition steal oh i remember that i remember and then there was another one where his man was in the corner uh i forgot who was against but the opposing team in that they threw the ball to the guy at the elbow and he you know the guy with the elbow had his back turned to Knox, and Knox thought it was a good time to go double but (laughs) you literally doubled off the strong corner 
and yeah. they ended up getting an open three. I forgot if he made it or missed it, but that was that was bad. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty good. And then and that speaks to the um, feel issues that were obviously present last year, present before he got drafted from Kentucky. Um, I. I do you. Th- my opinion of Knox is this: if he could get to a level where he is in, like, I don't know, the fortieth to forty-fifth percentile of NBA defenders, I I feel like I'm really, really encouraged based on what we saw from this week. Just the, some of the little things here and there. Where Where are you at? Because I, I know you were you've been down on Knox. Have you? Has your opinion changed at all? Uh, I mean, if he keeps the aggression up and if the shot looks as good as it did, you know, those two games where he was just hitting everything or three yeah. games. Yeah. Like maybe he's still not a starter, but I can see him being a legitimately good, uh, you know, scorer off the bench. Okay. Well, listen, I, I know, <laughs> I don't think you ever revealed on here what your real opinions were on Knox last year, but you certainly <laughs> revealed in private to me and I'll just say that they were not great. Um, so that I had my concerns. Yes, we'll leave it like that. Let's leave it like that. Uh, and listen, look, I anyone like yes, we all we all said the same thing. He's only nineteen, but at the same time, like the the concerns were very real. And and to you could say his age all you want, but ultimately, if you're if you're a person like me who's still high on Knox, you 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 were doing you were taking that position with the anticipation of improvement in not one or two areas, but like several areas. So um, hopefully we're on the way there. Um, Let's talk about Mitch. Uh, We got a bunch of questions about Mitch um, to uh, my tweet this morning. Um, I'll read one of them. Uh, This is from DP. Uh, What is Mitch Rob, M Rob actually he put, what is his defensive ability? His blocking is amazing, but what about on-ball defense, pick-and-roll coverage, and weak side help? I know I'm in the minority, but I feel Mitch is still years away from being what we all want him to be, and the big man depth we are teased about was needed. So don't worry about the big man depth part because, like, whatever. We, we're not sure how that's going to shake out. But where where do you think Mitch is at right now um, defensively? I mean, he's definitely a ridiculous shot blocker just kind of anywhere in the court. Um you know, you see some flashes of, of of weak side protection, but so like I, I mean, like I was never the most athletic guy, so I always liked rotating when I had to, and not hoping that somehow I was able to jump, you know, as high as I possibly could when I needed to rotate over. So when I watch Mitch, I see someone with all these athletic abilities that are, you know, they're amazing, but he's sometimes you know a half second late, so he'll touched the ball i think he touched the ball twice after it was already up on the backboard um he just doesn't get to the ball in time so i it's not like he doesn't see it because his eyes are looking that way it's just he has to actually rotate um no i I mean that concern sure what was that no no i was saying i agree with you yeah yeah so that concerned me a little bit but then you know i never really thought he was a great lateral athlete i still don't think he is but the few times he was caught in isolation over the last few games he ended up doing really well um and actually the knicks in general looked like they were doing a lot better in switch defense which is good because you know they have guys who can 
switch multiple positions. Can we talk uh, about that for a half a second? You, yeah. you've been you've been trumpeting this since the day that they made their signings, and I could not agree with you more. Like, is there any reason this team shouldn't just switch every goddamn thing this year? No. No. <laughs> if they don't switch everything, it's going to be it, it's going to be confusing. Can you, like why? G- given the personnel that we at this point figure to get well, I, I shouldn't even say. I was about to say given the personnel that we figure to get time, but I don't know that there's anyone on the roster who you'd look at and be like, "Oh, that person's not going to get time." We have no idea. Let me just say given the personnel that they have now. Um mm-hmm. could you just explain because you'll do a better job of it than me why switching makes so much sense? I think because it requires, I think there, yeah, I mean, all right, uh, it requires less thinking. <laughs> like, it's, it's much more. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, like, you know, you'll, you'll have guys worried about what ice defense is. You hear it, then it maybe takes you a half second to process it. And then by that point, you're giving up an open three pointer because you're caught up in the screen. So when you're switching, it's just everyone's switching and you already have the big guy up. Um, and then, you know, if there's a mismatch, what Boston did really well is they would have paint switches. So if it was a 1-5 pick and roll, and, and for the Knicks, Mitch would be on the point guard. Then, you know, let's say Dennis Smith Jr. would be in the big. And then there would be a weak side switch where, you know, maybe the three comes over to switch with the one. Um, yeah. So so even though, even though it might take some getting used to, the fact that you don't have to worry about where the weak side help is coming from on the roll and things like that. It's, it's more instinctive. Um, it, it's quicker. And, and just, you know, to, to really drive the point home and that, and what got me thinking about this was your comment about Mitch's lateral quickness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, this would be more of a playoff thing. I don't expect Mitch to be caught out on an Island against guards all too much during the regular season, but let's just say that he is, you know, it sounds like, he can at least, you know, hold his own enough um, to to keep things honest. And then, like, you know, thinking about, well, what if Dennis Smith Jr. Um, gets switched on to a big? Well, you know, this is how Houston has lived now for two straight years, daring opponents to post up James Harden. And it just, you know, it, it doesn't work with enough efficiency to make it worth it. Now, James Harden is a not good at a lot of things defensively but he is built like a little you know brick shit house and he holds his own Dennis Smith Jr. is not um of that uh level of uh girth I want to say but he's still you know he's, he's not a pretty strong yeah he's strong enough so I'm kind of like yeah let's go for it come on especially if yeah. they if they're gonna play RJ at the two I mean you know yeah then you could definitely do it and yeah. then you know you'll have guys in the weak side who'll be looking at the strong side action being ready to switch if Dennis Smith Jr is caught on a 5 um yeah but like you said I before yeah to to switch yeah off. like the, the pain switch um, yeah, the pain Boston switch. did it really well the Pacers did it yesterday in the game that I watched and the game that they played yesterday rather um I'll try to post an example of that too yeah, I just I I'm, I'm curious which way they go. Um, I felt like they experimented with it at times last year, but <laughs> they experimented with a lot of things last year. <laughs> and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know that we should take any of that as as gospel one way or the other. Um, all right, before we before we go, um, I want to give you. I'm gonna ju- here's what I'm gonna do on Iggy Iggy Brzezakis. I'm just gonna give you the floor. I'm not even gonna ask you a question. Just talk about Iggy for a minute or so okay um 
I said this in the podcast you did before. I've said this on every podcast I've been on since the draft. Ignas Brzezdakis will be or should be one of the Knicks' best value picks. And people you mean like in history? On, in their history? Yeah. The, yeah. Like I, I mean, in history, he will go down as one of the Knicks' top value picks relative to draft position. So even though he might never make an All-Star game, the fact that you're going to get a high rotation player in the 40s just like you know the Knicks got Mitch last year that was another high value pick that's huge um I've seen people say online I'm jumping the gun and all this stuff and fine you know I could be it's just summer league we've seen Anthony not Anthony Randolph like tear up summer league Nate uh, Robinson everyone's torn up summer league you know it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to translate but he is physical he can finish with both hands he can shoot um and his defensive rotations, like I, oh man, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love your excitement when talking about defensive rotations. Uh, well, it's fun for me. Like I grew up loving Nick Collison. Now I love Marc Gasol, or you know, two years ago Marc Gasol when he was still peak. Um, I like guys who aren't the best athletes, but they get around it by rotating and being in the right spot at the right time. And his isolation defense was actually better than I ever expected. Um, so I mean, I'm. Super, super excited about just what he can become. And now it's just a question of whether or not he'll actually get minutes. So just zooming out big picture wise for a second, and I'm only thinking about this because I literally just finished writing about it in the newsletter. Um, I didn't go into this level of specificity, but if I had to guess, I mean, at this point, I, I they're going to make a trade, you know sometime yeah. between December 15th and February, whatever uh, day the trade deadline ends up being. Um, maybe more than one trade. I would. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Iggy maybe shuttled back and forth between Westchester over the first like three months of the season and then ended up getting like significant, significant minutes. Um, kind of like what I thought they would do with Mitch last year and then Mitch came in and was like, <laughs> maybe they're, they're, you know, best player for a while. Um, right. You know, I mean, who knows what happens with with Iggy? But I'm I'm with you, and I I know your concern, your biggest concern, maybe before the draft or or after the draft rather, was his passing. I I noticed mm-hmm. a couple of nice passes that he made over the course of the four games too. Yeah, yeah, I was actually talking with Ashwin about that. Okay, um, you know, he's a huge Michigan fan. He went to Michigan, and he said that his passing really isn't that good, but um, the stuff that he's shown in summer league was pretty nice, and I completely agree with that. Um, last thing before we go, and I feel really, really bad that this guy got hurt. Um, I don't, I don't remember the actual play that he got hurt on, but I was right behind their bench, um, for the Toronto game. And I, he was like noticeably hobbling, uh, is, uh, Kenny Wooten. Um, I didn't know he got hurt. All right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't. Well, I actually don't know that it, okay. So maybe I don't mean to be like trying to break any news here, but again, I was right behind their bench and that dude was hobbling. Um, right. noticeably for me. I don't know if anything's been reported on it, but obviously he didn't play against the Lakers, and we didn't see him after... Um, I I don't even know if he played in the second half against the Raptors. Um, that dude is an NBA player. Uh, oh. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Like, If it were up to me, I would have Iggy and Wooten on the court basically at all times, because if, if Iggy's beaten off the dribble, you have you know, a mini Mitch in Wooten standing somewhere in the paint ready to block it. 
And he's quicker uh, than Mitch. Let's just be like Mitch. Yeah. Obviously, Mitch's length and yeah. otherworldly physical abilities. Like, yes, that's its own thing. But Wooten is like he is. He's fast. Yeah, and I mean he's fun. You know, he there there was a one minute stretch and uh, maybe it was game two. He had a screen assist. Uh, it was either a sc- it was either like a would be screen assist then the three pointer missed and he got an offensive rebound. Or it was just a straight-up screen assist. Then on the opposite end of the court, it was a perfectly timed rotation. And, like, he can play 20 minutes a game, take two shots or three shots, have zero – like, none of those shots will come off plays run for him and be plus 10 in the uh, plus-minus because he's doing everything else that you need to win. What – what was the the knock on him? Like, why didn't some team draft him to be, like, just their backup five? For like you know, fifteen twenty minutes a game, I'm like not. What what can't he do that I'm not? Or what did what what was the thought that he can't do coming into the draft that I'm not seeing? Because he sure seems like a guy who can play backup five in the league right now. I, th- I think the question more is what can he do on offense besides just finishing the paint. But like, what like, else do you need your backup five to do in the league today? Like, I'm, I'm I know I mean, I'm being a little yeah. facetious, but like what like. You know, I mean, in, in theory, you'd want him to be able to pass a little bit out of the short roll. Okay. Um, or I guess just kind of, you know, pass a little bit in general. But if I remember correctly, he also kind of measured in on the smaller side. Um, yeah, up at, he looks, I don't know, I don't have his exact measurement in front of him. If I had to guess, I would say he's like 6'10", 6'9", 6'10", yeah. something like that. Um, but, I mean, that probably played a role in it, but I, I was super happy with how he played. Yeah, no, me too. Um, and then I, before we, we go, um, I have to ask this. Was Lamar Peters on like anybody's radar coming? Because that dude, defensively, I know he's small. And like he, I'm sure, can't do several things that you need to do to be a guard and actually play in the league. But, man, watching that guy defend, was that was fun. Yeah, he's someone who gets over the screens really well. Oh my like he's God. feisty on defense. <laughs> yeah, he's re- like when he was like hounding guys. Like the minute they crossed half court, I was like, "Get me this dude, you know, somewhere. Get him involved in Knicks practices. Like, it, make sure that guy go- comes to training camp at the very least." Um, yeah, I mean, he has to. If it were up to me, I would not give Chris Wilkes the two way. I know he didn't play, but this is just based on going what I've seen at UCLA. Yeah. And I would give a two-way to Wooten and to Lamar Peters. And, you know, Peters, he might never be a great finisher, but on offense, he passes well. Even though, you know, he can force a pass here and there. Sure, he can yeah. shoot. Um, but the defense, and Wooten, he's all defense, and he's just a team guy. And I think those are the guys you really want on your team to build a culture. Yeah, I don't um, I don't know offhandedly who Wilkes' agent is and how big of a – a misstep that would be. I mean, from my vague recollection, since two ways have really become a thing in the league, I don't remember a team basically going back on one before it even really had a chance to to take shape. Yeah, they're not going to. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to happen. But um, no, I, 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 and you know, we were again, we were kind of talking about it before we came on. There's, there's some going on with Wilkes. I mean, you don't. A report doesn't come out a couple of days before summer league starts that like he's sick uh, mm-hmm. at four. Yeah, okay, he's sick for eleven days. Um, there's, uh, yeah, no, something, something's going on there. So he's with Wasserman. 
So uh, I wouldn't want to go back on that. Yeah, no, that's not that's not a good move. Okay. If you actually, if you don't mind, I'd just like to answer one question I just saw. Yeah, sure. Uh, by, by all means. Yeah. So Nick Surge was asking why Frank hasn't had the success I thought he'd have. Um, and to me, it's pretty simple. Frank is a pick and roll point guard. He's a system point guard, and he has not played in the system since he was in France. It's kind yeah. of it. Yeah, no, that's uh I'm I so so badly want to see him get time with so many yep. of these guys. And... I mean, he's I think he's the perfect fit. Like the theory of Frank and what he's shown in flashes, like if he could make those flashes 70% of the games he plays in, yeah. that yeah. is the perfect fit next to RJ. Better than Smith, better than Peyton, it's Frank. Now yeah. You know whether or not he'll get the chance is anyone's question or whatever that saying is, but you know we'll see. I mean, look, the chips, not maybe not in general for him as an NBA player, but on on this like as a Nick, that you know you can't have the deck more stacked against you than it is for right. like no like literally there's nobody who thinks he's going to even be with the team by the time the first game starts. So. You know what? Maybe he just says, fuck it, I'm going to go out and whatever, you know, because as much as we put on the team and a lot of it is on the team and a lot of it is just the bad luck of, like you just said, he was drafted to play in a system that then got vanquished a week after he was drafted. Um, But maybe he just says, you know, fuck it. Um, Let me go out there and go balls to the wall and get over whatever kind of mental hurdles are still there because I do think those, those are there. Um, and we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I remain naively optimistic. Um, Spencer, you're the best. Uh, anything you want to plug, promote, say, uh, before we go? Um, I don't think so. I don't like, I'm not working on any pieces. I'm just kind of putting videos out. Oh, I hope everyone's enjoying the new animations. I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> I love the animations. The little, the, they're, it's I love them. If you don't know what we're talking about, I'm not even going to try to describe them. Just go to uh, Spencer's Twitter page, which is at SKPerlman, P-E-A-R-L-M-A-N, and um, just scroll down and look at any, like literally any video, <laughs> and you'll you'll see them, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're there. Yeah. They're really good stuff and uh, have been very helpful to me and I know to a lot of other Nick fans in um, digesting and understanding what we just saw. And, uh, yeah, one more game left to go tomorrow at 6 against the uh, Washington Wizards, I believe. And Rui Hachimura or Young Kawhi, obviously. <laughs> and and, uh, and Anzez, An- Anzez Pachniks. Pachniks. The, remember he was drafted by Philly as, like, the next Latvian three-point uh, rim protector. Ah, and then, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that, then he was cut by Philly. <laughs> That's now he's with bad. Washington. Yeah, and, and Troy Brown, uh, he, Troy Brown's played okay. Um, yeah. He's been fine. Um, yeah. All right, Spencer, you're the man. I appreciate you taking some time um, on an otherwise uh, beautiful uh, Friday. The sun is out. And, uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you um, again before too long. Absolutely. Take care, man. Yeah.